five, four, three, two, one. One message for you took from your aunt. Uh-huh. She will bust both of you in the head. Can y'all hear me? It's about rocket size, yeah. You know? I think you, like me, um, have a face for radio. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. We gonna play, we can play as we got. The next man up. That's why it sucks. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This kind of unprofessionalism does not need to be tolerated. And I mean it. Like, you know who me? You know who me? You know who me? You know who me? What the hell is going on here? Let's all hang up. Another episode of the BS Podcast. Hang on. Hang Quincy on. Moran. Hang on. There's all kinds of noise in my ear now. Oh, jeez. We need a little bit more professionalism. Welcome back to another episode of the BS Podcast. It is I, the Q-Dog, the world's greatest Alabama fan. Probably not true. But I am here in the BS studio with my peoples, my homies. And I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you. Before we do, the BS Podcast is brought to you by QuincyMoran.com. Go check it out. You want a better life? Want to figure out ways? To please your wife, <laughs> go check out QuincyMoran.com for man versus marriage, for the Moran brothers, for family famous, and uh, a few other things that I can't think of right now. Anyway, yeah, let's I get into a, this. I need to edit that for you real quick. Uh, if you want to learn how to uh, please your wife, do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> I, I, would, I wonder how many episodes you've listened to in your life. Like five. Okay. And out of 256 episodes, you've listened to five, and you're telling people not to listen. You are a great source for nothing. Well, I was talking about um, the wife-pleasing part, because obviously your wife's still not pleased. Oh. The proof is in the pudding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just kind of odd that Josh talks to my wife about sex. That's weird. But, uh, <laughs> um, yes, it is. It's just the, the look on her face. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sure. So God, now you're now you're checking my wife out and trying to talk to her about sex. That's just weird. it gets even weirder the farther we go. So okay. with that, Homer the, Simpson. Oh, it, there my you go. God. Get back in the book. Um, with that, Wild Bill, you're here. Tell us who you are and what you do, baby. I am Wild Bill, pastor of the New Directions Church of God, and I work part time at Twin Bridges Golf Course in Gaston. That's right. You're Hi, the straw that stirs dad. the drink. That's right, Amber's dad. You're the straw that stirs the drink, and you are the host for a just a fantastic Bible study every other Wednesday. And uh, so, if you want to, I gotta be a part ask, of that, sir. But uh, who's Amber? <laughs> I hate she's, you. She's Austin's best half. <laughs> Sorry, Quincy, I interrupted you, but uh, that's you, my bad. Man. You did. And it is. Um, so you uh, also, you're the host, you and Aunt Cindy are the host of uh, a Bible study every other Wednesday. And it is fantastic. A great place to connect uh, and strengthen your faith. So if y'all want to know about it, email QuincyMoran at gmail.com. And next to him, in the BS studio, Mr. Josh Moran. Josh, who are you and what do you do? My name is Josh Moran. I'm Quincy's brother. Uh, I'm the technical master of the group. Because I haven't had any difficulties yet, and uh, <laughs> just you know, just saying. And also, if you'd like to listen to Uncle Bill's, uh, you know, go to his little whatever you call it. Why don't you just email him? Well, you could, but he probably doesn't know how to look <laughs> at the email. He probably would never see it. <laughs> exactly. So never mind. Email Quincy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. And then yeah, that'd be the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then next to him is my dear. Amber Dash with our Saban correspondence for the week, giving us Saban sure news. Amber, tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Amber Smith Dash. I did I did drop Nicole. We just had this whole conversation with some people on the phone the other night. It's Amber Smith Dash, not Amber Nicole Smith Dash. But anyway, um, <laughs> Bill is my dad. Q and Josh are my cousins. Austin is my husband, and he travels full time. Um, doing ministry and music gigs and stuff on the road. So the last two weeks he's been gone. So I'm here pitch hitting 
He'll be back next week. Thank God. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're here. It's a joy to have each and every one of you on the show. And that, if you are new to the show, then you understand it's a family affair. And that's uh, that's what brought us together, just family talking about football. I try to make it more official because I'm that guy. Um, cut, a, cut it up into segments and uh, just try to add a little extra value. But really, it's about family getting together talking mess and uh, enjoying what we love, which is Alabama football. And How it, dare you try to make the podcast good to listen to? I know. What's my problem? And it is the only thing that brings us together on a weekly basis uh, for a certain segment of the year to connect and communicate. So kudos to you, sports. You got it right. That What is that? Well, with Aaron, Aaron Hernandez, they got it wrong with that one. <laughs> True. They get a lot wrong, but let's not focus on what they get wrong. Let's talk about what they got right. Um, there's a beer commercial that would be great right now if we could play it in the background. Year of genius. I don't know no, 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 no. Real men of genius. genius. There you go. That yeah. would be great for this moment. But with that, it's time for the first quarter of the BS podcast. <clears throat> there you go. And a, and a <laughs> That's right. There you go. There you go. Um, so with that, we're going to get started right now. Um, oh, crap. I got it wrong. We're going to go to predictions. This is the predictions, and then we'll get into the first quarter. This is still the pregame. Uh, let, here we go. Uh, does anybody remember their prediction? Let him know. Okay. Mine and Austin's was like 48 to 7 or something. Man, you tried to just get close to the score. <laughs> you don't remember. Well, here it is. Alabama beats Middle Tennessee, the Blue Raiders, 56-7. to And here are your uh, score predictions brought to you by Men vs. Marriage, the podcast. Um, Wild Bill, 45-7. to Josh Moran, 56-3. to oh! Amber Dash, 48-10. to ah! And Quincy Moran, 63-14. to So... I'm gonna Josh. call. I'm gonna call Josh the winner this week. Congratulations! Way to go, Josh! I don't I finally know. Did something. I finally did something. I don't know the, what you won, but the the just checks the, in the, the mail, Josh. That's right. <laughs> the sure joy of being the winner, um, Josh. If you want to come up uh, with a point system, and uh, we can have a winner at the end of the season, I will sponsor a One belt. One to nothing. I'll sponsor a belt for the winner for the BS podcast. So just let me know. All right. With that being said, we are going to what get kind in. of bell? Well, it's uh, it's that rest of that championship wow. belt. You know? I'm just kidding. Wow. Oh, that went down a different path. Um, so now I can't resist. Time, I can't resist. Time for the first quarter with Wild Bill and his Bama bullet points. Get on down the road, big dog. All right. Bullet point number one. My daughter about stole my bullet point. Number one, she sent me and her mother a text. My, my bullet point number one, in retaliation for the way that them bunch of rednecks in Austin, Texas, treated the Bama band and fans. We yeah, give them their band and their fans upper deck tickets for Saturday night. Can I get a roll tide? <laughs> Two thousand is all they got. <laughs> I loved it. That's my bullet point number one. Bullet point number two. I read this today. The team came up with a motto during the offseason. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Blank. L-A-N-K. Hmm. And it stands for let a naysayer know. Ooh, I like that. Wait, Lank? Blank. Let Hey, naysayer, naysayer, no, no. I gotta tell, I gotta tell you, uh, the leaders in the locker room should have added a B onto it and came up with it because blank sounds better than like. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, well, they here's here's what the the team begrudgingly because of all of the naysayers that was saying that Alabama's done. Blank. Or no. Let the naysayer let a naysayer know. Lake. 
I like it because if you're from the South, you could be talking about this is a link in the chain. So I'm <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Now we're on the song. That's just Let a link. A naysayer. Oh my no. gosh. I like that, man. That oh, is I like, I like ballpark links. <laughs> all right, Josh. Wait to your segment. You get all okay. the you need coming up. Number three. I got four of them. Number three. The offensive line had 21 knockdowns. Oh. Mr. Booker had seven, and all of the starters had at least three apiece. That's good. That's Link. So they're keeping up with it. Caleb Downs, true freshman. Yep. Buford, Georgia. Buford. Eight tackles. Six solos and one tackle for loss. And I did have a little B under there. No turnovers. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That are my bullet. That is my bullet points for today. I I just want to point out that Bill has new glasses on and they look hot. Nicely done, brother Bill. I love those new glasses. I I do like that. Now, look, now, now, we're from Alabama. People already think that there's something weird going on down here. You don't call your daddy hot. I I just picked the, I helped pick them out. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they're handsome. They look whatever. Great, they look I'm, great. I'm, I try to her, stay young and hip. Whatever. Her and your aunt did that. I love well, them. Well, they, they look good, man. Here's what I'll do: is I'll get into the stats, and then we will join in a conversation to talk about uh, those stats and those bullet points. So as we get in, as we we already know, Alabama scores 56 points uh, versus seven of those Blue Raiders. In the first down category, Alabama, 23 first downs. Middle Tennessee, 13. That's way too many in my opinion. I was offended. Third down efficiency, Bama was 10 of 13, which I liked. Uh, Middle Tennessee, 6 of 16. Nobody had anything going on fourth down. Nobody went for it. Total yards, Alabama 431 to Middle Tennessee's 211. Passing yards, 226 to 133. Uh, the completion percentage, 17 to 24 for the Tide and the Blue Raiders, 24 for 35. Those yards per pass were about 9.4 versus 3.8. Uh, that is that, to me, that's more of a short, a short passing game, short to medium, if you will. Um, ultimately, it got us the dub. One interception on the Blue Raiders side, like Uncle Bell said, no turnovers for the Tide. Uh, rushing yards, 205. To 78 rushing yards um, for Middle Tennessee. That's 40 attempts at about 5.1 yards per carry uh, versus 26 attempts and three point or three yards per carry. Uh, penalties. This this really, I mean, this really stands out to me as a, a much better start than last year. And I know it's Middle Tennessee, but Bama had two penalties for 19 yards. Um, so kudos to the coaching staff and the team for getting that straight. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with that performance for the first game. Uh, nine penalties for 84 yards uh, for Middle Tennessee. Two turnovers, ultimately. One fumble lost, which really, was it a loss or was it a straight takeaway? Man, it was awesome. Um, and, then, uh, and then it was uh, one interception, of course. And then uh, time of possession, 29 and minutes and three seconds for the Tide and 30 minutes and 57 seconds um, for Middle Tennessee. So if we, look at, uh, if we look at this from a pure balance standpoint, we have um, 17 of tw- – so 24 pass and 40 uh, carries on the ground. So, I mean, of course I would like to get closer to that 63 to 14 score – um, but ultimately, I think the Tide, you know, had some questions answered. Let's talk about now, as we take this five-minute timeout, let's talk about Wild Bill's Bama bullet points and uh, these stats that we had. And anybody anybody can something. start. Go ahead, Josh. So basically what I, what I was looking at uh, when I was looking at the stats that uh, stood out to me was the, the main thing that I was happy to see is the penalties being so low because yeah. first game 
a loud crowd. I mean, it wasn't like a normal first game against a crappy team. It was a loud crowd, so there was a good atmosphere. It's only had two penalties with all a new line, and I mean, I think we did. Uh, we corrected what we needed to correct with that, and I think the defense came out really strong. Uh, they kind of let it go a little bit there, but then regained it, and I think we saw a little bit more of an Alabama defense that we're used to seeing. I'd like to see more sacks, but uh, the penalties, that's the one thing that uh, stood out to me. Yeah, most definitely. I love that idea, and look, I know it's at home. It's our first game. Uh, If I go back and look at last year, I wouldn't be surprised if we had seven or eight penalties in the first game. Um, You know, and this, this game is at home, and so the crowd is in our favor. I think it'll be great um, to kind of take that success. Now, you never know what's going to happen until you're in a hostile environment. But like you, Josh, I love the idea that we only had two penalties. Um, And I think I'm with you. We talked about it because we watched the game together. The intensity that this defense came out with, it reminded me of that old school, bad dog, Alabama, I'm coming to get you uh, type attitude. And the beauty is that they did kind of fall off a little bit, um, but they got they bounced back. They found a way to to regain that intensity. Um, they did score, you know, Middle Tennessee did score a touchdown, but a couple of times they played uh, the bend don't break philosophy and caused an interception, and then took a football, you know, from one man to another, took the football um, out of his hands. So while Bill just looking at the stats, what stands out to you? Well, one that you did not. Yeah, was uh, what, uh, like Josh talking about the penalty, just two penalties. Third down efficiency, we were 10 of 13. Oh, third down. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, the no turnovers for us, 10, 10 of 13, uh, you, you got to be impressed. And I mean, we know that we weren't showing everything on offense and defense because we got. The Longhorns uh, coming in, and uh, I hope that about Thursday, somebody will go into the visitors' locker room and dismantle the air conditioning units so that they don't work come Saturday, and uh, turn the heat on in there. Let them hey, redneck. Let them. You burn. know what else they should do? They should. Uh... They should put arsenic in their food. <laughs> oh then, my god, dude, that would no, be so but, epic, man! We but, would win for sure. But uh, that, to me, that was that was very impressive. Hang on, if by chance somebody crazy like Harvey Updike that's on the Bama side <laughs> happens gonna, to listen to this, that the, was a joke. You're gonna make the prime yes. suspect. You're the one that made the statement. You know, Damn. you know, as uh, as you're talking through those stats, here's something that uh, that occurs to me. It's the first game against a smaller college. Got a really big game coming up week two. This is an opportunity for our guys, even to start the season, to take their eye off the ball, so to speak. <coughs> to be, you know, to be sloppy, not to be focused, because they're thinking about a bigger game after after this season opener. And I don't think they took that approach. So. I actually want to give them a, a for what it's worth, and it's not worth anything. A little more credit because I didn't I didn't kind of get that in the moment. But listening to you know uh, the discipline not to not to have any crazy penalties, um, the efficiency on um, you know t- being ten to thirteen on third down. No and drops. Those are, yeah, that I mean it's How like that? that that's I didn't even know that there were no drops. I thought we had one I or two drops. Well, I'm saying like they weren't. Uh, Every play. Okay. Yeah, there's – obviously there were – there was incomplete Well, and it wasn't there. like in their hands and they dropped it. Like, Correct. Like, it was like just missed it. Like, not like our normal, like, went to catch it. Oh, why did Wasn't it fall like the receivers from Florida State last night. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, so it was more of a bad ball as opposed to a great ball and a, and a very bad uh, no uh, catch. I, so I have I, one question. Yeah. Question four. Why Why did Corey Brooks have to sit out the first half and he'd been in trouble? Because he sucks. You know, I don't I don't know the He had to sit that. out the first half for some reason, but I never did hear. We could Google why. it. 
Yeah, I think that I think there's a, a question to be answered there. Although I don't, uh, you know, this is about his athletics, not him as a person. But I don't, I just don't think. Well, Isaiah Bond stepped up pretty good. Yeah, I don't think Jacory Brooks um, arrived like he should have. I mean, we did not. Bama didn't even have a thousand yard receiver last year. Right. True. So. Um, I think there were too many passes that hit him in the hands last year. I don't know the number, but there were too many that hit him in the hands that he just did not come down with. So I hope this year he rises to the occasion and, and becomes a leader in that wide receiver group. Um, and I think he did. What, he, what? How many catches did he have? Do we know? When? I'm, I guess I'm the stat guy. So let's see here. Isaiah Ball. So, uh, the real leading. quick. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, they did not say why he got uh, – Saban says, I know you have a job to do, and uh, you know how much I love you and want to help you do your job. But I'm not going to reveal to you what a guy did or didn't do to put himself in a position where he right. set out the first half. Well, I think that's lame, Coach. Uh, so the reason uh, I think that is because maybe you should say what he did. Otherwise, maybe he won't end up running over somebody – when he's in Las Vegas or something. I don't know. How about consequences? Well, here's – let's just break it down since we're in the step part of this game. Um, Isaiah Bond, five uh, catches for 76 yards. Jermaine Burton, three catches for 62. Here's a guy that I think is up and coming. Great catch. One great catch for sure. He had uh, two catches for 49 yards. That's Amari Niblack. Dude, he looked impressive. He looked impressive. And then you got Kobe Prentice. He changed his number, thankfully. Um, he had three uh, receptions for 20 yards. Uh, C.J. Dupree, one reception for five yards. Jalen Hale, one for five. Malik Benson, one for five. And then Roy Dale had one for four yards. Um, I don't even see Ja'Cory Brooks' name on here. He didn't get him till the second half. He didn't throw him a ball. So... Somebody was in trouble. And and yep. that's something that I re respect about Coach, is that uh, there's still consequences to be had. So, you know, with that, um, we later in this uh, in the fourth quarter, we're going to talk about some questions facing the tide uh, that I posed last week, and we'll kind of grade them to see just before prediction time. But with that, it's time now for the second quarter, brought to you by Josh, joshmoran.com. Josh, what's today's topic? The floor is yours. Well, as last week went, we're going to do uh, a couple questions. Um, and I want to get y'all's take on them. These are not about Bama. Or it, they could be, depending on your experiences over the weekend. Amber, what was your biggest surprise over the weekend in college fo football? Hmm. Colorado beat TCU. Okay. I knew that was going to be a popular one. And why? Why are you so impressed? I don't I think just because people expected Colorado to be good. Number one, Deion Sanders. Number two, he like whopped the whole team and rebuilt it, you know. But I don't know that people expected that their first game. <laughs> I mean, it was TCU. I don't think TC. I think TCU lost a lot. So, and, and they're not a they're not a perennial power football team. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't ever I think don't, of TCU in that way because they're not in the SEC. <laughs> so <laughs> last year, a great team, all the things aligned for them. So we're gonna have to see. But all the things you said, I, I agree with Quincy. What about you? Yeah, Same. I mean, I'm going to go – I'm looking at it, and I'm uh, – and this being, you know, Monday after the weekend, I, I it would be kind of twofold for me. But I'd say Colorado, number one. Um, I know Deion Sanders went out and recruited uh, – legitimately recruited a new team, but to be able to put it together that fast, I mean, yeah. even though even though TCU is not the perennial power like you're, you're talking to, and it was a culmination of, you know, having a lot of veterans on the team – you would think with what the coach there has established that they would be, they would have a leg up on the competition. Um, but I was incredibly impressed um, with young Sanders and his ability 
to pass the football. It was He's like, accuracy out of this world. It so blew far. me away. But in the same token, look at what Hunter did playing both ways with uh, interception and, and receptions in the football game, having, having the intensity to compete on both sides of the football. That is a lost art at this level. The only thing so, I have a problem with Colorado is people are going to call me racist or I'm scared of a successful black man or whatever is how they acted after the game. Because uh, at the end of the day, all you did was win one game. Great start. Great start. But I, I think that Dion is doing a little bit of a disservice to these dudes by acting like it's uh, me against the world, us against the world. They didn't think we could do it. I didn't sit over here and say he couldn't do it. Did anybody of y'all? I didn't. I watched him coach at Jacksonville State. So this victim thing he's got going is kind of it's kind of uh, fabricated, in my opinion, because ain't nobody saying Dion can't do it. I mean, they've all actually been saying, good job, Dion. But yet here he still is up in front of the press box saying, oh, a black man uh, coaching 75% black man team is a threat to people. We're like, okay, what about Mike Loxley? Uh, what about D'Amico Ryans? Shut up. All the teams are 75% black, basically. Maybe not Colorado, but even them racist white people are out there screaming, go Dion!" and cheering on all these black dudes. So that's my problem with them. Act like you've been there. It was impressive, but dude, those two guys just standing there talking back and forth, talking about, I went to Jackson State. Like, oh, we coming, we coming. I get it. But you ain't won nothing yet. That's one game. Like, any other time, people would be saying, why is the coach letting them do that? Well, that's just not good for these kids' heads. Like, it's a long season. But for some reason, everybody loves it. Well, and, and in my opinion, like we talked about offline, um, what Deion Sanders said doesn't apply to me in any shape, form, or fashion because I don't care that he's black. It, I don't assess him and his abilities based on his color. The thing is, is nobody um, does, but he's still up there saying it. Okay, well, somebody would have had to. I don't know the context for which it was just a snippet of what he said. Somebody somewhere has. and I mean, he's got some experiences there with the NFL. I don't know what he was talking about, but what I do know is that what he said doesn't apply to me. I, think I, don't, I don't judge him based on I that. I think it's Twitter bots, dude. Probably. <laughs> it's Twitter bots that sit there and they make up arguments on each side just to piss the other side off, and that's what they do. They just feed into stuff and you'll think you're talking to somebody that's real if you ain't paying attention and i'm okay with the guys talking smack i'm glad hey look we all know everybody knows on this particular show that college football has a way of humbling you so they may have some coming who knows all right uncle bill real quick back on topic what about you i loved the game last night <laughs> i knew you were gonna say I, that. I, it I, couldn't okay. happen to a nicer bunch <laughs> Because Brian Kelly said they owed them and they was going to kick some booty. Was that a real quote? Yes. Oh, well, I thought it was one of those fake. Because no. like, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, he doesn't have a filter. He doesn't think about what he's saying. He, he never does. So I loved it. So, I Bill, I got to see, I want to agree with you. And that's what I'm going to say why. Because last year, what LSU did, uh, they've got a lot of the same team there. And. The way they played at the end of the year, I thought they were just going to pick right up where they left off, and I thought they were going to roll over Florida State. And, man, Florida State's for real. Those those uh, I know they had some drops early in the game, but they got some playmakers at those skill positions. All right, but you look, the game changed the adjustment at halftime yep. when Florida State went to the two backs in the backfield. Exactly, because those dudes needed to be on the field. That's both of them. when it changed. And number four, Coleman, that dude and, right there. And, you know, I'm not a football coach, and I know Coach Saban, he lets words fly. But whoever he was taught, Kelly was talking to up in the press box, that he had his head set on, and I don't know who he was talking to. But I think if there's a wrong way and a right way to talk to your coaches, there, toward the end of the game, if you read his lips and was watching him, it was G-D-U-U-M-F-U, da-da-da-da. To me... I might be saying the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, but that's... That, 
that that's uncalled for. You can they're adults. I mean, that's football, though. A lot, no, there's a lot of that no. language that goes around. Saban says that language. I, I know he does, but I mean, when if you read whoever was listening to him in the headset, I mean, it was just nonstop. It was probably the defensive coordinator. <laughs> well, his his offense wasn't too impressive. So real quick, back to my point. So the reason I think LSU uh, or th that win was more impressive is just because of who I thought LSU was going to be this year. And they may turn out to be that way again, but uh, TCU to me is going to have a down year. While that was an impressive win yeah. also, I, I just think that they beat a better – Florida State looked better against a better team. And well, you see, man, I can't wait to see the Colorado thing play out. Lord, if, if if you watch as you watch the game, they kept talking about Harold Perkins, and he had an outstanding season last year. But now they he's been exposed as playing that linebacker position. He can't he can't drop back in coverage and cover. So what do you think these teams are going to be doing against him? True. And, only, and, and one thing on Dion, he's I didn't like the way he treated the former players. He didn't give the former players, any of them at Colorado, a chance to be on his team. He didn't evaluate them. He didn't look at them. He just basically told them, you clean your locker out. I'm bringing in all new guys. They have three starters from the last team on there. So, I mean, you know. But I can't wait to see his little boy get lit up. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, though. That dude looks really good and impressive, yeah. man. He did not want to run the ball, and he that can run the ball. I like, that wasn't uh, TCU's defense from last year. No. Nah. Well, I mean, well, we're going to see. They're going to play some few. They're going to play a few good games. Yeah. They got Utah, USC. So when so. y'all pull up their schedule? I'll pull it up. While you're doing that, you know, um, just I to, had another. I had one more question before I, my. Yeah, you you got time. Up. While you're talking about that, what Brian Kelly did is exactly what Sanders and Hunter did at the end of that game. Uh, against TCU, they called. Right. They, they just called their shot, and Brian Kelly did. The difference is, you know, <laughs> they didn't call their shot before the game, but Brian Kelly couldn't back it up. And so I'm okay with people talking smack, and I know Josh, you're not. I'm okay with people talking smack if they can back it up. So what does that mean? What those guys did, um, they may have just put a you know a, a further target on their back because, like you said, USC. May have. Utah, <laughs> USC and Utah, and they, they get USC at home, but they have to go to Utah. They got to go to Utah. So they got uh, Nebraska what, did, next week. That's an easy win. Nebraska do they play, play Washington? They do not. They play Washington State, so they're getting off with that one. What about uh, Oregon State? They have Oregon State at home, though, uh, November 4th. Yeah, but so they, they've want... got and they they play Oregon uh, on the road. Since uh, they, yeah, they got, they got some tough games, so we're gonna get to see if they be if they win in Oregon week four. I'm gonna be like, okay, because that's a hard place to win. Uh, I want to see like, love him or hate him. Bo Bo Nix is dumbass. Looks like he's actually pretty good in that system. Well, I mean, he scored either. like eighty points the other day. Yeah, <laughs> he did eighty three. Ten yeah. years in college, he ought to be pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't argue with that. But uh, All right, last, go, last question. Ten years uh, later, <laughs> I turned it on the local news earlier just to have something on in the background, and uh, I heard COVID's coming back, and uh, Fox News was telling me there's a new vaccine coming and everything. Are y'all ready for that? How are y'all gonna? Are y'all gonna? No nope. lockdowns this time. Or? Josh is trying to get us canceled, isn't he? <laughs> no, here's the thing. I'm uncancelable. First off, unless somebody from my work sees this and they're woke, which could happen, um, actually. So I need to tone that down. Uh, but, I will gladly discuss this because my boss asked me this the other day, and he's from California. So I have to be. I have full disclosure. Uh, no, I, I totally folded like a loser when the first lockdown happened in in the uh, the vaccine because. I like my job. I work for the government, so I did it. But I don't know if I'm going to do it this time if it comes down to it, which really has me scared for my future. But whatever. Anyways, so I don't want to go through it again. How about what you say, Amber? Austin and I didn't take it. Um, I almost took it. And I'm glad I didn't because, you know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Um, I, you know, do my own research and don't listen to the news. So, 
you know, there's lots of people dying for unexplained reasons that nobody can explain now. And um, I've had friends who have had issues as far as being a woman. You guys would not understand this. But I've had friends who have had issues with their, um, not really their, I mean, I don't know that they've had trouble getting pregnant, but it's... Whoa. It's made their monthly cycle irregular. It's caused severe, like, side effects to that time of the month that they didn't have before. So, like, for me, we, I almost took it. Austin did not because I was just scared of, like, possibly giving it to my dad. But, um, you know, mom was like, y'all don't really want to do that. And now, looking back, like, the, the um, sicknesses that my friends that have taken it, have had i'm just glad we didn't because who knows i mean we might have been fine the two times we had covid and just felt like we had a cold but that didn't you know who knows what would have happened if we had I, taken I figured it. out how i'm not gonna die from the vaccine i'm not if i exercise i'm not gonna just push it that hard like the more hamlin or whoever else is doing it you know what i mean like you can't get your heart rate up that much because you got the vaccine you and it's kind of like that, uh, what's that movie, Speed or whatever? If you get up to yeah. 88 miles an hour, your heart's about to go shaboom. I love that movie. Sad, well, sad I don't like, information. I, I like that movie too, but I don't, I don't want the, my heart to be that well, movie no, playing out. no, I was out. just saying I love that movie. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I could ever, can you have sex when you have the vax? I mean. I mean, and dad can speak for himself, but even his doctors. I would. <laughs> I mean, even his doctors, when it first was like a thing, they were like, you know, you've had cancer. This may not be a good idea for you because his was blood can like in his blood. So, you know, I mean, not everybody should have taken it to begin with. Like well, some people should have just not taken it because of their health history. Nobody should have taken it. We well, like, took I, all their bullshit. In the first I know that. What, what, about, just, what about your, your opinion up there, guy? Which guy? There's two guys up here. Quincy Moran. <laughs> Quincy Moran. Okay. <clears throat> I'll try to keep this as concise as possible. Um, but first of all, there is no COVID vaccine because a vaccine prevents you from getting exactly disease. So there, one does not exist. Number two, um, when a group of people that do not trust the government all of a sudden trust the government and say you should take something and you have to take something, and if you don't take it, you hate other people, I'm not going to follow that crap. Thankfully, I moved out of uh, California, and I now live in Texas. And I will just tell you, um, I've already told my kids, I talked to my wife, if they try to pull any of that, your kid's going to wear a mask. Uh, my kids will not. I will not make the same mistake I made in California, which is speaking up and speaking out against it. I will go to the school, and I will tell them this is not happening. Or you're I'll pull my kids out of school. You're gonna video and put it on face uh, Twitter too, right? <clears throat> Probably not, but um, ah. I'm not. I've look. I've been very sick in my life. There are people that this is a threat to. They have pre-existing conditions, so it's understandable. If you decide to take the vaccine, you, any vaccine, you take it at your own risk. But there needs to be research and data behind it to say it's worth the risk, and they yeah. did not have that. Now. With that being said, um, I'm not going to comply with a lockdown. I'm not doing it. I am not going to take the vaccine. I'm not going to do it. Um, and if they try, I, I think they'll have a really hard time in parts of Texas trying to lock anything down. I think there's a lot of people on the other side that conformed last time too, though, that aren't gonna that aren't gonna be down for it this time either. It is my hope because you know I the idea. Of. The idea, the concept, because so much was unknown, the concept was right. I think we tried. It's like, hey, we're Americans. We're in this together. We're going to do, we're going to stand back for 14 days to slow the curve. But there was too much information that came out. We were lied to about it. We now have studies about the masks. We have a vaccine that's not a vaccine, and it doesn't work. So from, as for me and my house, we will not be doing it now. I, my adult daughters, they'll have to decide whether they take it or not. Um, but as for the rest of us, we're not doing it. We, we had COVID as a, as a household. I've had it a just, couple times. I, yeah, was just around my, I was just around my mother who, you know, had COVID. I didn't contract it. Um, it's supposed to be a very, very 
um, contagious um, strain, which I'm sure that it is, uh, but I'm not going to run and sanitize my entire body and live in a body condom to try to avoid something we're all going to get anyway. It's just not going to happen. So, a body condom. This, yeah, this this is what I learned, and then I'm gonna I'll be done. This is what I learned when uh, Jeannie had the triplets. They were in intensive care for the first few months of their life, and the doctor told her, the neonatal doctor said, everywhere you go, on your way into the hospital, touch every handle, touch every rail, touch every wall, touch every surface you can, because your body is going to create antibodies, and it's going to strengthen your immune system, and it's going to run through the breast milk and strengthen theirs. So that's kind of the principle. Like, I don't, I don't intentionally you know, touch nasty things, but I don't overdo it with hand sanitizer. Um, and I try to do what I can. I don't, unless you have the stomach flu, I'm going to be around you because I want to, I want my immune system to be in the gym working out. So that's me. That's my choice. That's where I'm at. Uh, there's way too much propaganda. It's way too political and I'm not going to stand for it as an American. All right, last sentence, just uh, at least wash your hands after you take a crap and you know, <laughs> Take I always this. wash my hands after I go to the bathroom. That's. Do we that's, have a couple of minutes for dad? Because you know, mom's sitting there. Mom has all the information. I'm like, no. <laughs> Uncle Bill wants to bow out of this one. No, yeah. I mean, that, that there's not, there has not been enough research as Quincy was talking about, because when they first started mandating it, they should have realized people that had compromised immune systems that. The vaccine is, I think, is what killed a lot of folks. And yes. until the government could explain to the American people how these athletes, young athletes, in tip-top shape that took the vaccine, how they died from heart, their mm -hmm. hearts just stopping and stuff. You explain that to me. There ain't Never no had a, you know. Because if the truth was ever told, and LeBron James would never tell it, I don't think. How come his boy, just all of a sudden, practicing after he's played for years and years, and just out of practice? Well, he said, well, he said they'll talk about it someday when they're ready to. Yeah. When, when, you, when, when you gonna be ready yeah, to? Yeah, when he's probably <laughs> been paid off by the government to tell some random... When he's retired from the NBA, so there's well, no I mean, threat... Real quick, Oprah and uh, The Rock are taking up money for uh, Hawaii victims. You guys can donate if you want. Oh, Oprah's <laughs> got enough money. She can take care of all of it. No, see, what they did is they put $5 million each into a pot, and now they want you to donate to it because uh, they're going to keep that money. You know, all Oprah, had to do, all Oprah had to do was sell her property that getting, did not get touched by the fire Oprah's to take so care rich. of everybody. Oprah could be like, and you get a new beach house, and you get and a new beach house. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with them having a lot of money and doing their thing, and I'm glad that they donated five million. And I do think we should. Oh no, no no no! They donate. They created a hedge fund. They created this to receive money. This is only. This is just business. They're okay. not going to give that much money to those people. Don't yeah, give them credit. You you explain to me how come all the rich folks none of their houses. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> whoa! You know the the so final. Weird. Like the final thought here, just real quick, because this just came up. There's two things. Final thoughts. Why do they stop? Why do they stop things that help people in their treatment to protect mm -hmm. them against this COVID disease for the most vulnerable in our population? Why do they stop the things that work? Yep. And then another thing that really opened my eyes to how politically driven this mandate was is when uh, Joe Rogan paid for himself and his friends. Um, to have a concoction put together and delivered by a nurse and he got done with COVID. He didn't make any false claims, just gave his experience and they started lying and twisting and calling him all kinds of, mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of false narrative names yeah. about what he was trying to, they changed the color of his picture and everything. So do yourself a service and do more research and don't just do what the government tells you. That's not how this government was set up in America it was not. And exercise your Second Amendment rights. Just All right. Roll Tide. Back to Bama. Roll Tide. All right. Back to Bama. What a Do great Do your segment. research, people. Do your research. 
All right, that was the second quarter. Josh, um, great job, man. Two weeks in a row, very thought-provoking questions. I love that last uh, that last week's question for sure. Um, asking who's gonna who's gonna win the Super Bowl and who's gonna be the offensive MVP. So I've got that Bama, written down, so we can from Bama. So uh, so I I'll have that as we go along. Um, and now it's time for the third quarter. The third quarter is brought to you by Amber Dash. Whoop, whoop. If you need a VO, if you need a photo shoot, if you need a T-shirt, Amber Dash has got you covered. Amber, our Saban correspondent, talked to us she about. All, real quick, she also looks like she's having fun, but said she didn't want to do it. But that's neither here or there. <laughs> I hadn't had my coffee yet for the day. It finally kicked in. Okay, good. I like that coffee blitz. She'll uh, get the t-shirts to you sometime or another. I she gotta. Will. She yes, she will. She will. All right, Just Amber, her dad at us. the bottom of the totem pole. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I told you your birthday's coming. <laughs> um, I have not had the pleasure of watching the post game press conference uh, for Coach Saban, so hopefully you have. Talk to us about what's going on. If you got a chance to watch that, and what's yep. the outlook for this week? Well, he also had a. A chat with the media today which i was kind of surprised by i wasn't expecting him to have um a press conference today with it being labor day so i have notes from both and we'll just go quick uh recap from saturday uh coach was really happy with the energy um he said there's still of course it's coach there's still shoddy areas to clean up and tighten yes. up yes. um Wide receivers got good separation, but we'll have to do better against, you know, better players. Obviously, it was MTSU. Um, nothing against MTSU. I lived in Murfreesboro, near Murfreesboro, loved it. Um, they, they gained confidence and depth as a group, he says. Offensive line played good, but it's still hard to tell how good they're going to be against Middle Tennessee. Um that was one thing. I watched it at some friend's house. I was in Mobile, and um, instead of coming home to watch alone, I watched with some Bama fans, and that was something that we were all talking about, was just ha even against MTSU, how much better the O-line looked than, you know, some of our games last year. Yeah, um, yes. Says that he was happy with Jalen Milrow. <laughs> Which we need to mute Josh as long as I'm talking about Jalen Milrow. Uh, I don't. I don't hate the guys. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, our text thread would say different. Um, There's no says, hate. Says he was happy with his uh, play. Expects him to get better and better. Says he's not going to speculate on how he will play next week. And this is the point that uh, the national sports media has gone haywire with. He held up a bottle of coke on the podium and said this is a coke bottle not a crystal ball and now the the national it. media is like slamming him telling him he needs to be nicer to the locals and like all this stuff and it's like he's a grumpy old man i mean what else do y'all expect i mean i might would have done the same sarcastic kind of thing like this is a coke bottle not a crystal ball i thought it was funny um Says that the tight ends did well. Believes this year's Crimson Tide tight ends are better than in years past. Says it will help past. Not pass. Says it will help with running ball on perimeter when tight ends can help with blocking. And we saw that happen a couple of plays on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then today... Um, in his preview for Texas, uh, he said that the team executed well against MTSU. He congratulated Milrow and Caleb Downs for being recognized by the conference as players of the week. Um, he talked about Sarkeesian. Obviously, he's a good coach um, and really, you know, spoke very highly of Sark, which I don't really think anybody tied to Alabama hates him we all love him i was sad to see him go even though you know he got some issues whatever uh he talked about their wide receiver james worthy called him outstanding uh defensive backs malachi moore and jalen key are both day-to-day -day. neither long-term injuries yeah. but saban didn't sound confident in their availability this week <sighs> That makes me sad. Emmanuel Henderson has a hip injury and is out for a few weeks. 
Um, Saban talked about not turning the ball over against MTSU, which was a real plus. <laughs> and all the Alabama fans said, amen. Amen. <laughs> um, amen. <laughs> um, he did say that there were some times that we could have had better ball security. Um, Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson did a good job. Oh, shut up! Asked of them in relief of That's Milo. a lie! That's a lie! <laughs> Tyler Buckner did good? Shut up, I did though. not. Okay, Austin was watching from the bus as he could, and then when they got parked at their next location, he stayed up Sunday morning watching the second half so he only got to see the first half and he was so upset that they put Buckner in like oh, Austin yes yes Austin is a Ty Simpson stand and not a Buckner stand at all. I don't think anybody is. We don't know him. It's kind of, he's an outsider and he's from Notre Dame. I mean, like, all he did was hand off. I mean, he had a couple of throws, but it was like Who threw the interception? I thought it was him. We didn't have any turnovers. We didn't, there was no oh. we didn't have any turnovers. And then I guess um, that was a little turnover. <laughs> he also <laughs> He also spoke very highly of Deontay Lawson. Oh, um, yeah. In the MTSU game. So, um, I did not, uh, Austin actually sent me the notes on the one today. He was able, he had downtime to watch it. So I didn't actually see him, but he sounds like he was a little happier than he was Saturday. Not, (laughs) at least he wasn't as feisty. I gotta gotta tell you, uh, considering watching all the college football over the weekend, I feel pretty damn good about where we stand compared to Ohio State, uh, Michigan, uh, all those other big schools. Florida State's going to be right up there at the end. I, I don't, and we'll see what Clemson does tonight. I mean, they play against Duke. They could come out and be a powerhouse again. I don't think Dabo's going to be down that long. So, yeah, uh, I, I think that we could have a. a just think about next year, dude. It would just it would be Colorado. It would be the top twelve teams in the playoffs. It I will. can't. I cannot wait. It'll be but really exciting. Just this to, year, we could have Colorado in the playoffs if they can. Most definitely. Oh, I hope so. I hope we kill. Well, uh, just to round out the, the third quarter, great job, Amber, and with the, the Saban news. And, uh, hey, the we should just get rid of Austin. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, he, would miss you, he would miss you guys so much. <laughs> he loves it. And he's, we not, love he's, it. Not, he's not even blood, man. We're blood on here. We're so much. <laughs> Well, with that being they said, they didn't um, all be quiet on that one. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with that being said, I think um, I think Saban gave us you know some straight talk. The majority of it's the straight talk. I don't, yeah. I do not. Tyler Buckner the, did a good job. For the life of me, I do not understand why Buckner. I don't. I mean, even in his relief, uh, Ty Simpson just looked better, throw in motion better, throw the ball better, runs faster. I know why. Um, uh, and we we have opinions on that, but we'll wrap up this third quarter. Real quick, we'll real get quick. The, we'll get we'll get into the. You're we'll gonna have the, to let me get this thought out. That it's, that's coming right now. Final it's thoughts. Because, all right, go ahead. <laughs> all right, so that was the third quarter. Brought to you by Amber Dash, and this is the fourth quarter. We're gonna finish strong. Everybody, hold up them four fingers. We're gonna finish strong in the fourth quarter, and here we go. The fourth quarter is brought to you by QuincyMoran.com. Go check it out. Um, that's about all I got for you. Josh, final thoughts um, about the Saban comments, and then we'll get into the rest of the I court. finally figured it out. We got Tyler Buckner on the team because he looks like an Asian, and he feels a diversity hire. So, basically, Saban was sliding him up in there because we got to check a box, bro. For the ESG and, uh, score. Okay, that's a take I have not heard. I, I yes. don't agree with it, but, uh, wow, it's an insightful take. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the comedy relief, Josh. I thought you had something serious. Um, <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to get it in when the topic came gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, as we look at this, uh, as we look at the question I had about, you know, is, is Alabama going to answer these particular questions? This is what's facing the tide. Quarterback. Um, I'm 50-50 on that. Here's something I'll say about uh, the quarterback play. I am 100% against Buckner coming in before Ty Simpson. Uh, very frustrated about that. 
But as far as Milrow goes, we saw some good decision-making. We saw some of that poor decision-making that kind of was reflective of last season. But after those poor decisions, he was able to bounce back and make some pretty darn good throws. They were still slightly underthrown, but he made some good decisions, threw the ball long, twice got some touchdowns. So I'm proud, um, and I have no doubt that his work ethic, no question about his work ethic and him moving forward, and that's what I wanted. I thought Ty Simpson would start, so I was wrong there. Really looking at the Tennessee or, uh, Texas game, I thought that would be the real true uh, spirit of the starting quarterback. But with what he showed and his ability to, to, to bounce back after some bad passes and the deal and the fact that he looks even better running the football this year, uh, I'm excited. I want the best for him. Uh, our offensive and defensive line, that was something I brought up last week about, um, you know, I had some questions. The defensive line I feel really good about. I feel really good about the defensive line. The offensive line, they still have more to prove. They had less uh, penalties, obviously, than they had game one last year, I'm sure. But our, Josh and I were talking about this. Even Mo uh, was talking about with us as she watched the game. We did not, like down on the goal line, we did not have a presence about us where we pushed – the the middle tennessee line forward and we need to do that in dominating fashion i know it's game one but we need to be moving people we need to be moving dirt and i didn't see that really also two blocks two key blocks jc latham disappointed me he had he had two really big swing and a miss and i know that tennis or texas i quit saying tennessee texas is going to look at his performance and it's, all, I think, it's all crappy puke orange. So. True. One's burnt, one's You're not. You're not wrong. Um, I know that that's going to be an area that we're exposed. So if he doesn't do something better, you know, Milrow is going to have a tough day. So, J.C. Latham, get yourself together. Continue to play discipline. Improve this week. And stop swinging and missing at guys like Middle Tennessee. you got big things coming. The defense as a whole, Josh, I think we were pretty darn satisfied. I think so, but I just hate how late in the game they get one. I, I don't. I like zeros. I like goose eggs yeah. or yeah, a field goal. Don't let them into your. That's your goal line. Like you right. need to have some pride over that. They're not getting in that son of a bitch. And then so, with with the secondary, that was my question. What would we look like? I have a lot of confidence in our secondary. Dad. A lot of confidence. Um, and then the players who stood look, out. Secondary, even even Tavian Arnold looks like he's. Uh, He's come a Thank long way. Thank God dude. he's improved. And then so, you know, I, I want to know from you guys, um, who what player stood out to you? Of course, we know 65. He had some good stuff, but really frustrated me. Number 41, can't remember his name, but boy, I'll tell you Chris what, Braswell. that young man. Braswell, Caden oh uh, Proctor's sheer size <laughs> yes. uh, of that man stood out to me. And Did y'all he's, say what, he's actually uh, quick, too. So. Did y'all say what uh, Middle Tennessee State? coach said about the offensive line no sir he said they are ginormous <laughs> yeah yeah they they're are. bigger they're bigger than the nfl average they showed the yeah. starting if you didn't yeah. see yeah. the game they showed the starting uh, offensive line for the patriots and alabama's guys were bigger so well, here's, what I need. Now, here's what i need for them to do uh, they're bigger but i need them to be just as mean as yes an nfl offensive line yes absolutely uh, and I'll also tell i'll tell you what next week if Taylor Miro, he's got to learn. Austin said this. He's got to learn how to go through his reads because mm-hmm. he ain't he ain't going his second third option. If there's some pressure on him, he's not. I, I just I have to see him perform the way he did the other day against a better team, better defense. And y'all are gonna get tired of me saying this, but I think it's obvious. There's a there's not a lot of confidence behind the guy, so there is a chance we see some Lonergan. I mean, you, you want know, to see? So repeat after me, Ty Simpson. My point is, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I wanted to see him too, but it's like, okay, just save and move him to third because Buckner's better, or is that just because his buddies that he brought the coach in and the coach wanted to bring him? I don't want to think coach would do that. So it's like, what the hell is Simpson? What yeah. did he do? Like, yeah. Why did he drop to number three? And then yeah, you got we the, talked the, about that. the fourth guys just back there saying, hey, every time you let me out there, I do really good. Remember that? And then all of a sudden, 
Milrow gets benched, and Buckner comes out there and throws a pick, and then they're like, Simpson, you the suck. way that like, the way gonna... the way that we go through quarterbacks is the most annoying thing on the planet to me. I'm just like, can we just have? One guy for two or three seasons. Does it have to constantly be this way? It's very annoying. Well, we had Hurts for two. Well, we had Hurts, and then we had Tua, and then Tua and Hurts, and then Hurts left. Then we had Mac Jones for one year, then Bryce for two. So, yeah, it would be nice, but we get too good of players. Yeah, but at some point, I'm like, we should stop letting quarterbacks transfer. Like, we've got four <laughs> guys that people are fighting over right now, and I just heard on the news yeah. another one committed for next year. The next, I I'm have like, no why? idea why they took Tyler Buckner in with the four yeah. guys they already have. Well, I don't understand. One quarterback in the country is committed for next Coming year. Coming next year. Yeah, I just – I don't understand that. It and, gives uh, me, like, brain pain. <laughs> I don't well, I don't I, understand. I there he is, number two. Because I one was, or two uh, of them will leave after this year. Yeah, and that, that does happen every year. And, look, they don't always perform based on how they're ranked. So the right. guys get there, and it's just too big for them, so they need to go somewhere else. Um, I want you guys to think about your predictions and why you do that. I want to ask Uncle Bill, um, give me some feedback uh, as we round out this show on the offensive and defensive coordinator. How does that uh, – what were your thoughts on that? I thought uh, the offense looked good. Uh, you know, they wasn't going to show a whole lot. Uh, it, it got, was a pretty, it called the game pretty good, though. Yeah, uh, I mean, I but think the offense went, moved. Uh, because I, I honestly think that they're going to line up with two backs, probably against Texas some. Because uh, the two freshman running backs, if the three upperclassmen don't perform, Yep. They'll be on the bench. Yes, they uh, will. And to me, out of the five that played, the boy from Florida, to me, looked tough. Who, the Caleb? Last young name is Young. Oh. He's the boy from Florida. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought he looked good. I thought Roydell looked boy, good. The boy from I, Georgia. Yeah, and I thought yeah. Justice Haynes looked good. They yeah. let him get loose on a couple runs, and I was like, give, give that guy a um, second. Give him a second so I, on the perimeter. I thought I thought the offensive coordinator had a good game plan for, you know, keeping it sort of vanilla. Uh, I thought the defense. I thought Kevin Steele. He he had been implementing turnovers. Quit getting stupid penalties. Yep. And I think that we succeeded. And I was, besides Caleb Downs. I was really impressed with Deontay. Yes. He looked oh like he had slimmed down some. And if y'all remember last year, he was getting killed in pass coverage. I mean, he was getting abused. Buddy, he was running with them the other night. So. And I thought Robinson stepped up and had yeah. a great game too. So the middle the middle was one of those questions I had I didn't write. Otis, down, but... Otis done his job inside. <laughs> I don't know if you watched him very much. Uh, he's a big he's dog, in the man. Business, so, but they look good. Good call. Good call. All right, it's time now for your Chick-fil-A predictions. No, I'm not going to go Chick-fil-A. It's time now for <laughs> you know, uh, Moran Brothers will... predictions. Here we go. We Wild Bill, we have Texas coming to town. And I did not get to watch their game, and I do not have uh, the score of their football. It, they played Rice, and they kind of struggled. They kind of yes. struggled in the beginning Man, against like Rice. 37 to something. I don't really remember. But. So hopefully our guys don't care anything about that. And uh, with your prediction, Wild Bill, what do you got? Bama 20, or Texas? 27 to 20. 27 20. Ooh, and a barn burner. Another great close game. And that uh, you're going Bama, correct? Or is Alabama playing? Yes, sir. Okay, I got it. All right, Josh. It's not a question of if Alabama will win. It's by how many. All right, Josh. Are you taking the tide? And what is your score for this week? I'm gonna I'm gonna vote, and I'm gonna cast my vote based on partially what I want to happen and partially what I think is gonna happen. I think we're going to. It's going to be a game starting out, but I think we're going to wear them down. And I think we're going to go uh, 49 to 24. 
Oh my goodness. What did All you right. just say? 49 to 24. Josh Moran, are that you is, freaking kidding me? That is uh that's uniquely similar to my score. Amber Dash, what do you got? Okay, so Austin and I collect we have we talk about it when I have to be here. Uh we came to the decision of 48 to 24. 48 24. Dang. Okay. Well, and, what about and, you, Quincy? And with that, uh, the score that I wrote down was Bama 42, Texas 21. So, and Uncle we, Bill uh, said uh, 27 to 20. I could see both of those happening, but I'm hoping that the reason I said that what I said is because that's what I want to happen. But I also think it could happen. Well, we've uh, we've run out of time to talk about what next week looks like and what we think, uh, you know, what how to speculate what the game is going to be. We got our predictions in. Josh, congratulations for being just about perfect on uh, your prediction uh, for Alabama and Middle Tennessee. We'll see what happens uh, this week. Uh, it's going to be hard to uh, get an in-betweener there. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to have to be an exact 48 or 49. Yeah. Guys, this is uh, guys. This was a great show. Really enjoyed it. Thought everybody brought their best. So thank you very much. Uh, R.I.P. Final... Singer from Sa uh, Smash Mouth, by the way. Oh yeah, and Jimmy Buffett. Um, oh yeah. Well, Bill, too. your final word. Roll Tide. Be ready. That's, that's two have, words. I have one question for you two. Yes, sir. What is because y'all are out there? What is Texas's depth like? They got the same stuff on Google, man. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I didn't know <laughs> I if maybe y'all have seen I don't them. listen to a lot of local stuff, bud, so I don't yeah. really get the answer. We're, we're a little over four hours away from Austin, and yeah, uh, I we're, spend we're, too much we're, time. We're, in, we're like 15 minutes from TCU country up here. This is where we, That's where we live. Yuck. I wouldn't mind going to see that game. Um, so I don't so know, I, Uncle Bill. Uh, I hope their depth sucks. And we don't know about Alabama because we still have no depth chart. Um, so. <laughs> I just hope their conditioning don't work in the visitors' dressing room. We got eighty. We got eighty-five starters. I tell you what, I hope. I and I, I don't share the same sentiment. I hope we treat them like kings and no. we beat the living. You know what would be even better if they just like put a big old thing of nitrog nitrogen in there and like bust the canister open and it froze them all. And then with Bama players come in there like they didn't kill Bill or something right after it happened, and they just bust him up into pieces. Okay. <laughs> we just got a little violent here. It's not violent if they're frozen, because it's probably they're not going <laughs> to feel it. I mean, let's be honest. That's a pretty humane way to go, in my opinion. All right, Josh, you're, uh, Amber, your final word. Words. Roll top. That's Josh, two words. I said, he said words. Words, words. Okay. Josh. Your final words. My final word. Bye. <laughs> oh, roll time. <laughs> well, that's that sounds a little gay to me. Whoa! <laughs> you, you homophobic, racist, swishy creature. dad. It's swishy. Oh my God. No, in my right. generation, it's. <laughs> <gay>. <laughs> Well, for Amber Dash, Josh Moran had, had the normal gaze. For Amber Dash, Josh Moran, Wild Bill, I am Quincy Moran, a.k.a. the Q-Dog, and this is the BS Podcast. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Bye. Bye.